back, I said I hate it. My lightning strike me down. If I lied, me no one be around when my tongue's untied. Everybody says it's okay. All the little things I say with my big fat mouth. My big fat mouth. If you were here last week, um, nobody has told me that you met the challenge of not complaining or criticizing for seven days. So uh, I guess we all failed. Um, <laughs> well, James has something to say about the fact that taming the tongue is a little difficult. Uh, and so we just want to give you a warm welcome uh, this morning. If it's your first time here uh, worshiping with us or it's been a long time since you've been here at Greenville First, um, it's just a joy to have you in the house with us today or tuning in online. My name is Josh. I'm the lead pastor here. And uh, you're extra spiritual because you are at church or you're tuning in and it's Labor Day weekend. And so uh, anyways, my original shirt that I was wearing was a little kind of end of summer fun. And then I couldn't drink my coffee without spilling it on myself. So praise God for uh, having an extra shirt in the bathroom so you don't have to stare at coffee stains all morning. But it's a great day to be alive and be in the house of the Lord. And so um, let me just plug small groups. I know uh, we talk about small groups. You hear us uh, because we believe in small groups. And it's not something that we just talk about. Actually, our staff, we all lead small groups or are in small groups because we just believe that life change happens, freedom happens, relationships happen. Uh, I have heard so many times over the course of my life being in church and around church where people say, well, I'm just having trouble connecting with people at the church. Well, my first question to you is, have you found your small group? Because we all have a small group of friends that we connect with and we're a part of, and we just want you to choose to be a part of a small group here at Greenville First or start one. Uh, maybe the Lord's speaking to you is, is uh, we run semesters, and so uh, before you know it, we'll be talking about, hey, if you want to lead a small group, we're wrapping up our fall semester and we're looking towards our uh, spring semester. But we've got a lot of great small groups in store for you this uh, this year, we know that with physical distancing, that can be a little bit of a, a challenge. You're thinking through it, and so uh, maybe you don't want to show up and be in a room with people or be at a house with people. That's okay. Uh, we have some online small groups as well, but make sure you check that out and find one. Now, last week, uh, we, we kind of began. This is just a two-part series. Uh, next week, um, we, are, we are diving into a brand-new series called Neighborliness. Uh, you don't want to miss that, and we're talking about what does it mean uh, to love our neighbor, and so we're, we're really going to talk about that, um, but we're wrapping up this two-week series. Last week, we talked a little bit about our mouth. We talked about criticizing and how that diminishes our life uh, when we complain, when we criticize. It affects our witness, the way people see uh, us, and we've got to do something about it, and today we're going to continue in that series and wrap up the second piece and we're going to talk about gossip. And, uh, and so don't everybody run out at once. Um, but James chapter 3, we, we dove into like nine scriptures last week. But I, I want to turn our attention because James chapter 3 in the book of James, if you're not familiar with it, is talking about how do we live like Christ. And so uh, James basically in chapter 3 says it's impossible uh, to tame the tongue with human power. But he says this in chapter 3 verse 2. And I purposefully 
simply did not read this last week because I was saving it for today. But it says this in chapter 3, verse 2. We all stumble in many ways. Thank you, James. You just acknowledged that we can make mistakes and still pursue Jesus. But he says this. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect. Able to keep their whole body in check. And then we dive into the taming of the tongue. Why does James put all of this importance? Because James is recognized, James realizes that our big fat mouth gets us in trouble than anything else on our body. And that's hard to believe, but it is the biblical truth that our tongue is the hardest thing to tame, the hardest thing to get under control, but he goes as far to say, if you can get your mouth under control, if you can exhibit self-control when it comes to the things you say and the tongue that lies in your mouth, you are perfect. And I believe James says this because he recognizes that in our own power, we will never be able to tame the tongue. In our own power, we will never be able to control our big, fat mouth. But with the Spirit of God, there is hope for all of us. That we can live a different life. That we can live a life that glorifies our Heavenly Father. Now I want to tell you about these four priests. And you may have heard this before because I had heard it before. But I just think it's fitting for today. But these four priests, they met for a friendly gathering. And so during the conversation, one priest says, You know, our people come to us and they pour out their hearts confessing certain sins and needs. Let's do the same. Confession is good for the soul. In due time, they all agreed, and one confessed he liked to go to the movies and would sneak off when away from his church. Shame on him, going to the movies. The second confessed to smoking cigars, and the third one confessed to playing cards. Now, when it came to the fourth one, he wouldn't confess, and the others pressed him, saying, Come on now, we confessed ours. What is your secret or your vice? And his response was, It's gossiping, and I can't hardly wait to get out of here. Now, Mildred, let me tell you about Mildred for a second. She was the church gossip, and she was self-appointed is overseeing the church's morals. But she kept sticking her nose in the other members' private lives. And I just put the name Mildred to protect the innocent or the guilty. I don't know how that goes, but church members were unappreciative of her activities but feared her enough to maintain their silence. She made a mistake, however, when she accused George, a new member, of being an alcoholic after she saw his pickup truck parked in front of the town's only bar one afternoon. She commented to George and others that everyone seeing it there would know what he was doing. George was a man of few words, stared at her for a moment, and just walked away. He didn't explain, defend, or deny. He said nothing. Later that evening, George quietly parked his pickup in front of Mildred's house, and he left it there all night. <laughs> Gossip can get you into some trouble. <laughs> I read that story this week. I said, ooh, that is good. I can learn from George. Gossip can get us in trouble. But I should also say that our big fat mouths, when we gossip, gets us in trouble. 
Now, our normal rhythm on a Sunday morning is we're going to give you some truths or we're going to give you some points, but this morning I want us to ask some questions. I've got three questions that I want us to explore this morning when it comes to gossip because I think we have to have a greater understanding of why do we gossip? Who is gossip hurting and how do we stop it? And so that's the first question this morning. Why does it feel good to gossip? Because let's be honest for a moment. If we really look at what is gossip, it's, it's enjoyable. Why? Because it is us having the, the, the power of knowledge and conveying or communicating that to someone else. And that can feel good. There's a pleasure that comes from being one of the first people to know details about a situation. Then there comes this pleasure of being the first one to be able to share those details. Have you heard? Did you know? Normally that is a red flag that whatever is about to follow should not be coming from one's mouth to another's ears. But we can hardly wait to let other people know about what's going on or what we think. We've heard the news and we might be the first one to break this thing wide open. Gossip can feel good for us, which is why it becomes a danger. Proverbs 26, 22 says this, The words of a gossip or like, are like choice morsels. They go down to the inmost parts. Now, I'll tell you, when I read this word morsel, the first thing I think about is chocolate. I mean, the Bible says that it is like chocolate. I already got a text message this morning. Somebody spotted my bag of peanut M&M's. And they say, can I get a few of those before I go up? Because here's the thing when it comes to chocolate, if you like chocolate, and some of you are like, oh, I wish Pastor would walk out here and give us some of those M&Ms right now. But here's the thing when it comes to chocolate, when it comes to a morsel of chocolate. We actually have a jar of peanut M&Ms that stays in our house um, and this is a tradition we even had in Florida, and it depended on who was coming to the house, but often that, that bowl of M&Ms would just drastically just de deplete very quickly. And it's not because someone goes and they, they dive in and they get this huge cup of M&Ms. It's because the moment you just take, oh, I'm just going to grab two or three M&Ms. Is anybody relating to this this morning? Because the moment I cannot even, I would like to eat an M&M right now, but here's what would happen. I will keep going back to that bag for the rest of the service. Because there is something about, and I'm just going to save these for later, there is something about that morsel that brings us back to it. We keep wanting to get more. Why? Because it works to the inmost parts of who we are. Proverbs says gossip is the same way because just a little bit of gossip, it's just enough that it begins to feel good, that it's satisfying this craving and we keep going back. There's something that takes place when we speak or we listen to gossip that is intoxicating. Because some of you here this morning may say, Pastor, I don't ever gossip. But then my question would be, do you entertain it? Because I think both are equally destructive. Both can, can create harm for the kingdom of God. 
And here's the problem and the reason we, I, I just feel like we need to talk about gossip is because gossip oftentimes is one of the sins in the church that we justify. We justify that either, either we're not partaking in gossip or that it's not gossip or that it's not harmful or whatever. And I think a lot of that comes from there are two kind of schools of thought on gossip. And for the sake of this morning, we're going to call one soft gossip and one hard gossip. And here's the difference. Hard gossip is intentionally destructive against someone. So it is me wanting to destroy someone's reputation or wanting to, to, to spread rumors and lies about someone with the intent of creating harm. And then soft gossip is just the communication of where we talk about things that we have no business talking about, that we can't be a part of the solution that we're not a part of the process, yet we still find ourselves wanting to communicate about it. Now, I would love to tell you that soft gossip is the only thing we see present in the church, but really there's both pools of gossip that take place within the church, within our workplace, within probably our families, within our friend circles. But we oftentimes minimize soft gossip. Because the intent isn't to hurt. Well, I didn't mean to hurt anyone, so that can't be gossip. Well, it is. And it's intoxicating because all you've done is taken this little morsel of chocolate and you begin to eat the peanut M&Ms. And peanut M&Ms are my favorite M&M. They could get rid of the rest. I do like coffee M&Ms. Coffee nut. Is that what it is? Yeah, it's, Curtis is nodding. He knows what I'm talking about. It's like a mixture of coffee and a peanut M&M, and God's glory uh, is just. But when it comes to gossip, we, we like to justify the soft gossip because we, we just get enamored in the conversation. It could even be a prayer request that we're giving to someone. Well, hey, you need to pray for brother so-and-so because did you know this is happening in their life? We like to mask it. We like to hide it. But can I tell you something? Gossip isn't something that's just prevalent in the church today. It was prevalent in the church in the New Testament. Why? Because we find that Scripture actually talks about it because it was an issue. Paul is writing in his second letter to the Corinthians. In chapter 12, verse 20, he says, For I am afraid that when I come, I may not find you as I want you to be. And you may not find me as you want me to be. I fear that there may be discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, slander, gossip, arrogance, and disorder. All of this list boils down to pride. Why? Because gossip, like all of these other issues and many issues in our life, is rooted in pride. And pride, let me tell you something about pride. Pride is endlessly hungry. That craving that we have to dip our hand back in the candy jar, to go back to the bag of M&Ms, is rooted in pride. It's hungry. keeps reaching back. See, pride keeps you wanting to be in the know because it inflates our ego. It inflates our, 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 our power, so to speak. If you've ever heard the, the phrase, knowledge is power. And so we begin to live and think that way. And so if knowledge is power, I want more power. Why? Because it, it doesn't serve the kingdom, it serves me. 
And so this craving for power, this craving for knowledge, it continues to feed our pride. So why does gossip feel so good? Because it feeds our ego. When we think about it, when we really drill down, it begins to feed our ego, and that is an unhealthy habit. The second question I want us to to ask and answer this morning is, who does gossip really hurt? Who does gossip really hurt? And I think gossip hurts three people. The first is gossip hurts the person that it's spoken about. Proverbs 16, 28, a perverse person stirs up conflict, and a gossip separates close friends. See, I think most of us in the room, we've been here before. We've felt what it's like to have someone talk about us, whether true or untrue, and it does not feel good. It hurts. It hurts when you know people are talking behind your back about you because it begins to be a a mind-altering understanding that and, and then our mind begins to wander off into these unhealthy places where I wonder what they're saying about me. I, I wonder if everything they've said about me is true. Why? Because gossip hurts. It hurts the person that it is talking about. A gossip separates close friends. Why? Because gossip hurts the person it's spoken about. We find out someone's been gossiping about us. We begin to wonder just how many people are talking about us. See, I don't know if it's a blessing or a curse to grow up in the church, but if you've been in the church long enough, you have watched people that have been run off from the, the big church, not this church, the big C church, because it doesn't matter what church you step foot into, gossip is an issue within Christian circles. And I have watched people run away from the church and run away from their faith because gossip hurts. Watching that people did not, they no longer felt welcome into the, the house of the Lord because they felt that when they walked in there, people were judging them and talking about them. Why? Because gossip hurts. And you and I can come to the understanding and say, well, they're just making excuses for why they're going to leave the church. And that may be true, but here's what I then know, that the enemy is using gossip in the body of believers to harm the body. So we've got to do something about it because gossip hurts. It it hurts the people it's spoken about. You may feel like your soft gossip isn't, isn't gossip or it's harmless, but there is no such thing as harmless gossip. Every bit of gossip is sin, and it creates destruction, and it hurts people. Gossip also hurts the people who hear it. Proverbs 17.4 says this, Wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip. Liars pay close attention to slander. I heard one pastor say it this way, Once they stop talking to you, they will stop talk, start talking about you. Once they stop talking to you, they will start talking about you. And you may feel like, well, I'm not engaging in gossip, but the moment you allow your ears to be in tune with what's being said, whatever you permit in your life, you are promoting in your life. These morsels, these these little peanut M&Ms that you keep coming back to. Why? Because it is intoxicating not only to give the knowledge, but to hear the knowledge. The enemy wants us to be 
intoxicated by gossip because it hurts the kingdom. It hurts the people it's spoken about. It hurts the person who hears it. So you may think you're not doing anything wrong, but you are telling the other person that it's okay. When you do not speak up, what we should be doing is is stopping when somebody says, have you heard? Did you know? You, you, You know exactly when gossip is about to be spread from the lips of those that are engaging in conversation with you. And you know what should be our initial response right here? I don't need to hear this and you don't need to share this. Thanks, Dad. It's hiding in the balcony today, but that's all right. Still here. I don't need to hear this, and you don't need to share this. Why? Because gossip is going to hurt me the moment I engage in listening to this. I think you have to ask yourself this question. If you find people constantly bringing gossip to your ears, why do they keep coming to me about this? Are you a safe place for people to gossip? Because it's hurting you as much as it's hurting them and it's hurting the person that they're talking about. It hurts. Gossip hurts the person who shares it. Proverbs 25, 9 through 10 says this, When arguing with your neighbor, don't betray another person's secret. Others may accuse you of gossip and you will never regain your good reputation. Why? Because gossip not only hurts the person it's talking about, not only hurts the person who listens to it, it hurts the person who is speaking it. This quote is credited to the unknown person. Love quotes like that. Unknown. He said this, talking badly about someone else when they're not around says more about you than the person you're talking about. Chew on that morsel for just a second. When we begin to talk about others, when we begin to engage in gossip, it's saying more about us than it is about the people that we're talking about. Make sure that you're not inventing small things to talk about with your big mouth because even the littlest morsel of gossip can create much damage. And then you'll be become known as someone who can't keep confidence. You'll become known as someone that everybody needs to avoid. Don't talk to that person because they can't keep confidence. You'll be known as someone who creates division. And we could talk about all the things the Bible begins to speak truth about those who create division. And you'll be hurt by the gossip that you share. Why? Because gossip creates hurt. Why do we find it all through Scripture? Because it creates damage. It creates hurt. And God does not want us to fall into the pattern and the intoxicating path that the enemy would like to distract us with. And then finally, the last question that I want us to ask this morning, how do we stop gossip? How do we stop gossip? We know that it's out there. We know there is probably gossip happening on this campus. I don't know. All of y'all showed up in the third song. So unless you were gossiping in the hallway this morning, or maybe you're just running late because it's Labor Day weekend, we'll give you grace. But you know what? It's probably not many Sundays that go by that there is not gossip happening. Why? Because we are humans and we fall short. We struggle with sin. 
We are not perfect. Whatever else I need to tell you, it is inevitable that these things will take place. But I choose to accept that just because it's happening in other people's lives that I can't do something about it in my own. That I can't look at the own sin in my own life and say, I've got to do something about it. Because I think that's when we fall into this danger zone. We all, Scripture says we've all fallen short of the glory of God for all have sinned. Church, it's not about, I don't, I don't want you to hear, well, pastor's just expecting us to be perfect. No, but I expect you to pursue the one who is perfect. And if we pursue the one who is perfect and desire for our life to look more like the life of Jesus, which should be our aim and our goal in this life, then we've got to look at the things, even the uncomfortable things in our life, even the habits that, you know what, if we, if we like to gossip and we've been intoxicated, we've probably been munching on this bag of M&Ms for a long time. Because gossip's not something that just develops overnight. It's a habit. It's, it's a pattern that has been present in our life, and it has got to stop. Because it hurts me. It hurts those who listen. It hurts those I'm talking about. Even though it feels good, I've got to do something about it, and I've got to choose to be the difference in that moment. I can begin asking the question, why are you telling me this? Or one of my favorites is beginning to look at that person and saying, hey, have you talked to Ronnie about that yet? Because here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you a couple of days to talk to Ronnie. And then if you haven't, I will. Because Ronnie needs to know that this is being talked about. That's how we sharpen each other. The sharpening process, when scripture talks about sharpening one another, sharpening is not a feel-good process. It is painful. And so sometimes you need to be the one that is willing to engage in the sharpening process and say, hey, I'm not going to tolerate this anymore. We're going to do something about it. And what could we do in the kingdom of God, in our families, in our workplaces, in our church, if we chose to be the difference? Giving someone else next steps. Let me walk you through what scripture says about how we should handle this. And then hold people accountable because that's what it's about. And I know that that is uncomfortable. Some of you are like, I could never see myself doing that. Well, then you need to make sure that you're stopping the gossip from entering your ears before you come into this place where you're now accountable for what happens next. Proverbs 26, 20 says this, without wood, a fire goes out. Without a gossip, a quarrel dies down. We can choose to remove wood from the fire. But I don't know the last time you built a campfire or built a fire in your fireplace. If you keep adding wood to it, that fire is going to keep burning. The same way when we look at issues that happen in our life, in our families, in our churches. If we continue to add wood to the fire, it's going to keep burning. We can choose to say, hey, I want to be different. I'm going to starve this thing. I'm going to starve my ego. I'm going to starve my pride that keeps craving me to coming back to this place of, of having all the knowledge and giving all the information. You know, I think that we could resolve a lot of issues if we had just stopped gossiping about it first. Just say, I'm just going to go to the source. Hey, I, I know that this may have been what happened. Can we talk about it? Can we clarify this? Can I help you? 
Why? Because that's leading with love. We talk about loving more. That's our, that's our theme for this year. What if we love more in the conflict of our lives, in the situations that happen around us, that we would love someone so much that we would actually dare to sit down and resolve the conflict rather than talking about it so we get other people on our platform of the argument or the disagreement? I think we can embrace humility. Embracing humility is the only thing that will starve pride in your life. Why? Because we choose to just say, I'm going to humble myself. I may need to go back and apologize for talking about things I had no business talking about or listening to things I had no business listening to. We humble ourselves, and it starves that, that inner man, that inner woman that is craving more morsels. And then I think we can get a vision for our life. Because here's what I love. I, I read this in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 13 this week. It says, and if they are on the list, they will learn to be lazy and will spend their time gossiping from house to house. And I'm going to clarify who they are. Meddling in other people's business and talking about things they shouldn't. You know who's on this list? Paul's actually, he, he, he's talking about the widows who have lost vision for their life. Because of the loss of their spouse, they have lost vision and lost purpose. You know the people who are most guilty about gossip are people that have not embraced the vision for their life. Because if we will embrace the vision that God has called us to, the assignment that he has put inside of us, we don't have enough time in our life to waste it talking about other people's problems. Because we've got enough challenges of our own. You want to fix gossip in your life? Embrace the vision that God has for you. Because when we find ourselves, this was a real issue here. In the New Testament church, these women, and no, I'm not saying that women are the only gossips. I, I think we are all guilty. But these women had lost their daily purpose and how they see life operate. And when we lose vision, we become meddlers in other people's lives. Because if I don't have enough going on in my life, I'm gonna meddle in somebody else's. I'm gonna pick up a little gossip here because I've, I've got nothing better to do with my time. There's something, I, I know there's an old saying about idle hands and being bored and all What is it, idle hands or the enemy's workshop? That's what it is, right? We see it in scripture. Why? Because I, I, I just believe that when we don't have a vision for our life, then we find ourselves meddling in things that we have no business meddling in, creating damage that we didn't even realize we were creating, all because we just chose to eat a peanut M&M. Some of you will never be able to eat peanut M&Ms the same way. That's okay, just drop them by my office and we'll find a good disposal for them. Church gossip may feel good, but it's only feeding your pride. You may think that it's innocent and it's not hurting anybody, but it, it actually hurts a lot of people. It's hurting you, it's hurting the person who's either speaking it to you or, or who's listening to what you're saying. It's, it's hurting the people that you're talking about. And gossip has to stop. 
We've got to lead our life with love. We have to be humble and we have to embrace our purpose and our vision. And I know James says it's impossible to tame the tongue. That if we do, we're perfect. The only way that we're going to do something about it is to trust the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us every day of our life. But I think that that's what the Lord wants for us. He doesn't want us to stay where we are. He's calling us to a higher place, a higher level of accountability, a a higher assignment, a higher purpose and vision for our life, and we have to embrace it. So as we close today, I I just want to challenge you. If you've got gossip in your life, stop it. If you've been somebody that your ears have been listening to gossip, stop it. If you've been somebody that you feel hurt by gossip, then don't repeat the offense and the hurt. So many times that's, we respond in defense and well, we've been gossiped about, so I'm going to talk about the gossiper. And it is this vicious cycle that just, we just keep taking on the M&Ms. And there are effects that we will see later in our life if that's our diet. So I want to pray for you today that we'd be a church of love, of humility, of purpose, that there would be no place in our lives, in our homes, in our church for destructive words, that our big fat mouth, we would trust the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us. Because I believe that God's got an incredible purpose for our church and our lives as individuals. And I don't want us to miss it. Can we just pray together? Father, we come to you right now. I thank you for this church. I thank you for a body of believers that we can agree, God, we don't want to stay where we are. We want to be right where you want us. So help us on our journey of faith. Help us as we try to resolve sin issues in our life. Forgive us today. Lord, if we've been guilty of listening or speaking of gossip, forgive us. Lord, if we have been the ones that have been hurt by gossip, heal us. Let us not hold grudges. Let us not hold offense against others but let us be bridge builders of healing. Let us turn the other cheek and live how you have called us to live. Holy Spirit, speak to us, lead us, and guide us today. In your name, amen. Now, before we we close today, if there's anyone here, or maybe you're tuning in online and you haven't made that decision to follow Jesus, We would miss it if we ever gathered on a Sunday and did not give an opportunity for somebody to pray the prayer of salvation, to to embrace Jesus as the Lord of their life. And so we're just gonna repeat this simple prayer after me. If everybody would bow their heads one more time, we're gonna pray one more time. And just repeat this prayer. Dear Jesus, come into my life. Lead me. Forgive me. Help me to follow you. Help me to love you. Help me to love others. In Jesus' name, amen.